Hey everybody, this is Rob from the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods and DC Primetime, and I'm here to tell you something that you should definitely be doing if you haven't done so already, and that is heading over to www.nextlevelradioonline.com. There's a ton of other great podcasts on the network if you haven't checked them out already, such as From Panels to Pixels, Two Fat Dudes, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, uh, an upcoming Lost Revisited podcast, uh, in addition to our flagship show, The Showcast Spotlight, which is about to probably get ready to kick off its brand new season of celebrity interviews. Great shows like The Melting Pat, Primetime Fantasy Football, and Con Talk. So whatever your interest is, there's definitely something for you at Next Level Radio Online. Make sure to check them out, like them, review them, share. Thank you guys so much for all of your years of support. Now, back to the show. At the beginning of the 21st century, the Umbrella Corporation had become the largest commercial entity in the United States. Nine out of every ten homes contain its products. Its political and financial influence is felt everywhere. In public, it is the world's leading supplier of computer technology, medical products, and health care. Unknown even to its own employees, its massive profits are generated by military technology, genetic experimentation, and viral weaponry. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently. I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. The following program contains violence, disturbing imagery, nudity, and, oh my god, why are you even watching this? Just run away. This shit is going to give you nightmares. For real. Nightmares where you are running naked on a treadmill made of razor blades, and your third grade teacher is pointing and laughing at you. Alright, welcome back everyone to the Next Level Network production of What Lurks Behind podcast holy shit has it taken me forever to record this episode or what that's what i'm calling this week's episode no it's episode 17 main feature resident evil which with the problems i have had trying to record this episode you'd think the umbrella corporation was trying to fuck me over on a positive note at least in the time it's taken me to try and record this fucking episode We've had a lot happen. We've had a Suspiria trailer drop. The Halloween trailer drop. I'll be talking more about that in a moment. I saw Hereditary. And... Yeah, I'm definitely going to talk about that for a few minutes. But what the fuck? Seriously, I have had so many problems. Everything from heat exhaustion to lack of sleep to computer problems to dog problems to you name it it's just been (sighs) stressful 
at least I'm on vacation this week from my job, so that's a plus. You're probably actually going to be getting two episodes kind of close to each other. Uh, probably this one will drop, I want to say Monday, Tuesday, and then you might get another one like on Friday, uh, simply because I have time to kill and I have vacation that I plan on spending doing fuck all. But aside from that, I quickly want to say for the last episode I did, episode 16, Suspiria, I want to offer my apologies to my listening audience. That was a shitty episode. Great movie, don't get me wrong. Suspiria fucking rules. But that was a bad episode on my part. Uh, Lack of sleep and heat. And me trying to push out an episode, stressing myself out to make sure I got one out on time, made for a really bad combo. I tried listening to that episode myself. I couldn't even finish it. So it's a bad episode. 90 minutes is way too long for an episode of one guy talking by himself. So I am making a point of it that from now on, my episodes will be an hour or less if it's just me. I can't ask an audience to listen to me, a guy who, yes, I love horror movies, but I don't know everything about them either. I do this podcast because it's out of passion and love for the genre, but I don't know everything. And when I try to talk like I do know everything, I sound like an asshole. When I talk too long about certain things, I sound like an asshole. So from this point on, I am going to do a better job of making these episodes tighter, quicker, and not so what's the word annoyingly bland because that last episode was bland that was bland as fuck half the time I didn't even sound like I was into it and it is fucking disgusting it you know what you would have had a better experience listening to a grasshopper talk about how it masturbated in mayonnaise than listening to that episode let's let I'm, Let's put it that way, okay? So from this point on, I'm going to do a better job. I need to focus more on this. I'm not doing bats, bows, and books anymore. So the focus is on one podcast, and I need to give my 110% to this. That last episode was disgusting. So my apologies, and we move on. So moving on to episode 17. (sighs) Okay, so hereditary. I want to do this I, I, for the next couple minutes. I'm going to be talking about Hereditary, Suspiria trailer, and then a certain other trailer. And then we'll get into the main feature of this week, which is Resident Evil from 2002. Because it's the only one worth talking about. Granted, the Resident Evil movies are a huge... The term is guilty pleasure, but I don't feel guilty about loving them. But... uh I do like all of them, but the first one is pretty much the only noteworthy one worth, you know, talking about. So, anyways, back to Hereditary. So, Hereditary. Let me put it to you this way. It's a mindfuck of a movie, okay? Wow. Uh, So, I'm going to... I got to do this without spoiling a thing. First things first, go see the movie. If you have not seen it yet... Go see the movie, especially if you are a fan of movies done similar to, let's say, The Exorcist, which is a bad example, but somewhat like The Exorcist or Rosemary's Baby, which 
I think even on the podcast I've said before, like Rosemary's Baby can kind of, you know, suck me, whatever. I I don't want to say that I hate that movie. Uh, there's a there's a personal reason that's attached to that movie that I need to um, exercise from my soul. Let's let's say uh, um, the first time I saw it was in certain company, and that certain company left a bitter mark in my life and I need to expel that uh, energy from the movie because when I think about it, Rosemary's Baby is not a bad movie. It's just unfortunately I always have certain (sighs) what's the word I'm thinking of? Like there's certain memories attached to it. A a certain feeling attached to it and it kind of ruins it for me. But again back to Hereditary. So it's done kind of like that, like a sort of um, slow burn, character building, uh, not much um, flash and dash, no tits and ass. It's not a it's not a slasher flick or any of that kind of shit. This is a different kind of horror. This is a let's watch this family on the screen and watch the horrors that happen to their family. Uh, it's it <laughs> fuck. When I walked out of the theater, I'm going to tell this story. Okay. So when I walked out of the theater, I actually run into an old coworker, a uh, guy, Nathan, I used to know. Um, and he saw this, he saw the film at the same time. And he's like, did you just see Hereditary? I'm like, yeah. He goes, what'd you think? I go, that's a lot to digest. I'm like, I don't know what I really feel on it yet. I go, I don't know. It's a movie. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. And he kind of had the similar reaction. He's like, yeah, it was a lot to take in. And then we both kind of went our separate ways. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so this movie, eh, how would I, how would I rate it? If I'm doing like, you know, a scale between one and 10, probably a six, but that was my initial feelings on it. Then I'm thinking about it. And like, I'm on the transit city bus and you know, I've got music playing, but I'm thinking about the movie, thinking about the movie. And as I'm thinking about it, I'm loving it more and more and more T- to the point where, oh, you hear that music. Yeah, we'll be talking about that in a minute. So I picked some a selection of music to play in the back and that came up a little too early. But anyways, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so I'm thinking about this movie and the more I'm thinking about it, the more like my quote-unquote rating is going up you know all of a sudden i'm like well it's a seven out of ten no actually it's an eight out of ten i even did a letterboxd review for it and an hour after posting the review i had to go back and change it and put my rating up another notch because there's just so much with this movie that as you're thinking about it as you're you know you're you're putting the pieces together of what you just saw on the screen yeah when you walk out of the theater you're like what the fuck Five hours after you've seen this movie, you're like, I, I need to see this movie again. I fucking love it. It is definitely worth awards. And I'm not one for like Academy Awards and all that shit. I feel it's a bunch of overrated crap. But it, it, some of the acting in this is just phenomenal. And the environment, the feeling, the creepiness factor, which... I'm going to say this, this is about the only thing I'm going to quote unquote spoil from Hereditary is it's not a scary film. It's a creepy film. Uh, it, it will fuck with you. It's going to mess with your head. 
and that's about the most I'm going to say on that. Uh, I did do a quick uh, letterboxed review, non-spoilery. Uh, basically, my rating is a 9 out of 10 as it stands right now. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, by the time I bought the Blu-ray on this, that it's a 10 out of 10. Uh, this is a damn fucking good movie. Uh, I believe my reaction on Twitter and Facebook was, that was something else. A, a damn good something else. And yes, that is exactly how I would, um, how I would explain it. Uh, so, done talking about Hereditary. Next point, Suspiria trailer. Which we really don't see much other than a lot of imagery. There's, I don't even think there was any dialogue to this, which was fine. That's cool. I believe they were actually calling this like a teaser trailer and not, um, not an official like full-blown trailer yet. So I get that. I I expect we'll see more within the the coming weeks. What I saw so far, again, almost kind of like Hereditary. When I first saw it, I didn't know how I felt about it I was like okay this is different it didn't feel like Suspiria but as you know I've talked with other people and myself I almost feel the same way is I'm kind of glad that it doesn't feel like the original Suspiria I kind of don't want that original experience fucked with so this being its own thing even though it's you know still Suspiria, I'm kind of cool with it. Uh, I think the biggest uh, factor that kind of stood out for me when I watched this trailer was no goblin score. Uh, I'm used to that familiar goblin music playing for you know Suspiria and whatnot. And when I was watching it, it was like, okay, that's missing. Um, but Tom York's music, I think it's gonna work. I, I'm I'm confident that with Suspiria that come November I'm going to be excited for this movie uh, I'm trying to think I want to kind of put this into the right words like when I go see it I'm not expecting to see a recreation of the original which is cool I, I don't want to the original has a very dear place in my heart let's not mess with that that said I did like the 70s aesthetic of the look for the film it doesn't have the flashy dashy reds, blues, and greens. It doesn't have that Technicolor splash. But I'm okay with that because I honestly don't think you can recreate that or mimic it and make it not look bad. You know what I mean? So I know this is just our first impression of it. It's early and I, I, I'm not completely sure <sighs> like I like what I see I'm not sure I'm going to love what I see but it's definitely piqued my interest I think that's the best way to put it it has piqued my interest it has done something I didn't think it would do I, I've, I've been kind of skeptical about the idea of recreating Suspiria after seeing this I'm like okay I'm in I, I think I'm in I, I'm in for the long haul let's see where this goes and i definitely will be plopping my ass in a seat in a theater when it's released um right now as it stands i think hereditary has taken the cake for horror movie of the year granted there's one more we need to talk about oh wait you know what hmm fuck it i have to do this properly i have to do this right if we're gonna talk about it 
we need to play it. You know what I'm talking about. The theme that was just playing before this, you know, that you heard in the background. Hold on. I got to load it up. I'll be, and uh, let's see. I got it right here. Testing one, two, three. We're on. We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. <laughs> Everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? Who the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. Okay, so Halloween. Halloween, Halloween. It was Halloween in June. Uh, okay, so that trailer. Oh, that was... Um, I have a story to tell with this. So th this is something that was uh, I, I found kind of amusing. So the Friday morning, I uh, was trying to figure out when about the trailer would drop. And I kept thinking it would be around like noon Easter time. E Eastern time, not Easter time. Uh, noon Eastern time, uh, you know, nine Pacific time. That's kind of when I thought it was going to drop. So trying to kill some time while I was waiting, I'm like, well, let's go uh, to the local thrift store and uh, check out, you know, some DVDs, VHS, and, you know, books and whatnot. So while I'm there, all of a sudden I get a notification on my phone. Oh, guess what just dropped while I was at the thrift store. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Do I wait to get home? No, fuck it. 
So I'm standing in the horror book section of uh, Value Village. That's the name of our thrift store that I go to. Anyway, so I'm standing in the horror, like right by the horror books. I was just looking up some Stephen Kings and whatnot. And I loaded up on my phone. And yeah, I'm watching it and I'm watching it. And you know, like there's the part where like he drops the teeth like on the, on the other side of the, the bathroom stall and I'm standing there I'm like oh shit it's about to get real and I'm like I got this smile on my face and I'm kind of like you know you know getting all like jittery and shit I'm like whoa fuck I'm loving this I, I love what they're doing here um, and then the theme kicks in and not even realizing like my automatic reaction was I was like oh shit yes and I was like all hyper and ecstatic and whatnot and here I am standing in the middle of this aisle and there's customers walking by staring at me because I've got earphones in because I was listening to music. So they don't know what I'm listening to. They don't know what I'm watching. I'm just watching this video getting all, you know, extremely excited. And all these people, I shouldn't say all these people. There was, I want to say maybe 20 other customers in the store, whatever, maybe 15 but they're all staring at me and looking at me and I don't give a shit. I'm like, this is this is my fucking infinity war right here. All the comic book nerds this past year that, you know, they had Black Panther, they had Infinity War, they had Deadpool 2, and I understand their happiness, you know, it was it, all three are great movies. I'm not going to, you know, knock them for it or whatever. Enjoy what you love. But holy fucking shit. I was I was dancing. I was like, holy fuck, this is the fucking, oh, this is exactly what I wanted Halloween to be. Uh, the whole idea of Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, like Laurie Strode, going kind of, I, I've seen the term, I've even said it myself, Sarah Connor-ish, uh, makes sense to me. I, I'll be honest with you, you know, like, she's she's been waiting all these years. She knew that the legal system was not going to kill Michael. Uh, the whole bit about him being taken into custody, I'm hoping that gets explained in the film. Because the end of the first film, he disappeared. I, uh, you know, was shot six times, and by the time they went, uh, Loomis went back to find him, he was gone. So I hope they explain that. Uh, I like the idea of Laurie not being the the sister of Michael. Uh, I read something interesting actually. I'm not sure on the validity of the truth behind it, but uh, so uh, apparently John Carpenter has been quoted as saying that uh, when he decided to put that Laurie and Michael were related, it was um, a bad drunken night with an idea that he shouldn't have had or something something to that effect. I don't know. I, I personally had never heard that before. Again, I'm not a know-it-all. I don't know everything. I know that I love these movies. Um, but so I guess this is kind of like them, you know, retconning that. Uh, I, I like the fact that we're going to have yet another universe or another uh, another take on the, the Michael Myers story, which someone pointed out online, and I have to agree with them on this. What I love about this is the fact that we are returning to him being the shape he's not michael myers like he's michael myers but the whole idea of him killing and stalking laurie strode does it really need a reason because he's the shape he's just evil incarnate and i like the idea that it seems like they're returning to that uh in terms of the teeth thing i kind of i 
you know, it was it was kind of funny because I seen a few people saying that they're afraid that this Michael will be too savage. Where the other, like in the first film, he seemed like he was more like, you know, observing his artistry and whatnot, and it was like a form of expression and and all that kind of shit. Uh, how do I feel about it? And to me personally, if he, let's say, he has been sitting in Smith's Grove for forty years, letting this shit fester, ah, uh, he's probably a savage beast. I'm. I'm actually okay with the fact that he might be a little bit more vicious this time around than he was the first time. Um, oh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, the idea of the media having the mask, the guy doing the documentary. I've seen a lot of people picking on this online, and I'm thinking to myself, in 2018, you're surprised. I'm not. This is... what. What is the media known for these days? The media is known for uh, over hyping things up hereditary is a perfect example of that because i've read shit where the people you know supposedly ran out of the theaters oh my god i'm so fucking scared the movie's not scary it's creepy as fuck but it's not scary i i I had no there was not one single scene in that movie that i felt like oh i can't watch this no i at times I had a smile on my face. I didn't laugh. I've read I've read a few comments where people said they laughed through Hereditary. I wouldn't say I laughed. Uh, there was a couple times where I saw something going on on the screen and I was, had a smile on my face thinking that was cool. I like what I'm seeing. But I mean, in terms of laughing at the movie, I don't think people then were understanding what they were actually seeing. Uh, but anyways, getting back to Halloween, it, in terms of the whole documentary thing, we live in an age in an era when everything is about social media it's about likes it's about getting attention it's about the media uh overhyping things or you know making uh making things uh, the expression turning uh you know molehills into mountains or making mountains out of molehills whatever the expression is like that's what the media does the idea of that they have the mask how did they get it (laughs) with the internet nothing is out of reach these days so I really, when I saw all that going on, I'm like, well, it fits. It's 2018. I mean, it's also 2018 that people would actually find this trailer hard to believe. But I don't know. I, I don't want to sit here and say it's going to be the greatest thing of the year because I could be completely wrong. This movie could come out and be a pile of shit. I highly doubt that. But it could be possible. I mean, I've seen several films in my lifetime where the trailers made these movies look fucking unbelievable and I saw them and went what uh, <laughs> and then there's other times where I've seen movies with the worst trailers possible and given me absolutely no reason to go see this movie and then have everyone tell me you need to see this movie so it's a trailer it's exciting it was fun to watch uh, definitely I, I've watched it <laughs> definitely an unhealthy amount of times but I've also been waiting for this. I, I kind of I, I want a Halloween film with Nick Castle, with Jamie Lee Curtis. Let's do this one final time. John Carpenter's in the mix. Jason Blum and the Blumhouse Productions, they seem to know what they're doing with horror films. They've had some really good gems. I'm confident I'm going to at least really enjoy this. Will it be my favorite? Probably not because I really am partial to the original. As many bloopers are in that fucking thing, I do love that original film. Uh, It's definitely in my top 10 all-time favorite movies. But I'm I'm excited. I I have to say I'm pretty excited for this 
this movie is it october 19th yet that's what i keep asking everybody is it october 19th yet so yeah the trailer oh, oh and i do have to say for those of you who may have not caught it we already saw our first easter egg that drops back to the other uh halloween films the sequels that will be kind of quote unquote retconned um there is the silver shamrock masks that make a very 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 brief appearance in the trailer you have to really pay attention to it but you see the green witch and the white skull uh of the the uh, silver shamrock masks so i know there's other eggs that have dropped i haven't actually looked into it enough to catch them yet Uh, i know i'm probably gonna start reading the comments online and see what people are pointing out but that one i did actually catch and it was funny because i think about the same time i started catching it others were as well i saw screen caps popping up and whatnot so i i I don't know i'm excited i like what they've done i think we're in for a a good movie will it be the best tough to say i i'm one that you know sequels and uh, remakes and whatnot it's a, a tall order to be better than the original uh, very few have succeeded in that but let's just hope I, I i'm hoping that we can at least walk away from this film pretty you know satisfied with what we've seen and i'll tell you hearing john carpenter's uh, halloween theme like his theme the version of you know that he's done gave me goosebumps man i i, I was like yes i'm in for this uh but now it's time that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to move on now. Uh, we're going to move away from Halloween. We're going to move away from Suspiria and Hereditary. Now it's time to venture into Umbrella Corporation territory. We're talking zombies. We're talking Mila Jovovich. We're talking Resident Evil. When we come back after the trailer okay i hope you don't run away stick around it's gonna be fun if well if you find my podcast fun but okay be right back thank you deep underground in a top secret research lab security has been breached A deadly virus, capable of contaminating the entire world, has been released by Umbrella Corporation. Oh my god. We have to get out of this building! What was that? It's the brakes! It's okay, we're here to help. Now, an elite team has been sent in to stop it. Five hours ago, Red Queen went homicidal. Who's the Red Queen? State-of-the-art artificial intelligence. The corporation's keeping a few secrets down here. Something you're not supposed to see. But they have only three hours left before it begins infecting and mutating the whole human race. Everyone stay calm. What's that? Beat me, man! She took a chunk clean right out of me! 
You have to get out. Don't listen to anything she says. She's a holographic representation of the Red Queen. She may be our only way out of here. She's still standing. She isn't standing now. No one is immune. Resident Evil. You're all going to die down here. You're all going to die down here. Especially if you keep listening to this podcast. No, I'm kidding. Don't leave. Stay. So, okay. Originally, what was it? About two, three weeks ago, I think I announced it on Instagram. I announced it on Twitter and on Facebook. That for the month of June, I was going to do video game related, like uh, horror movies that were based off of video games. And... I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, so which ones am I going to do? Because there's technically it'll be like four episodes uh, this month, so it was like, eh, which four movies I'm going to do. Uh, the last one I'm saving for last because it's going to be an absolute atrocity, so I figured save the worst for last. But uh, I thought, you know what, if I'm going to save the worst for last, then let's do the best first. Um, so this week's episode and next week's episode it's gonna be a lot of love a lot of happiness a lot of good feelings because i do like these movies it's kind of interesting that uh, a few weeks ago i saw the rock posted something about uh rampage being the top rated video game uh, movie of all time at like 53 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes and i'm thinking to myself okay yeah i'm not i haven't seen rampage so i can't knock it yet but you know, there's been a few good ones. Uh, now, the Resident Evil franchise, not the best. But for the Resident Evil, like the first film, okay, it didn't completely follow the games, if much at all. But was it bad? I mean, it's not a horrible movie. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of good things about the first film. Uh, so, I don't know. I decided, you know what, I was like, fuck it. Um, I have a lot of love for this movie. I have a lot of love for the franchise. I'm kind of one of those rare few that, you know, I'm like, I don't give a shit if they followed the games or not. The movies are fucking awesome. Uh, do they de- do they deserve the title of Resident Evil? Maybe not, but I, I, I don't know. I'm not really worried about it. Uh, so, whatever. So, yes, E3 is this month. As a matter of fact, today at... Uh, Four o'clock Eastern, one o'clock Pacific. Uh, I believe Microsoft does their um, their what do they call that? Like their exhibition, their panel, or whatever. Uh, which I, I'll be honest with you, at the moment, I'm not a big fan of Microsoft because, god damn it, it fucked my computer up the other day. Uh, it took me hours to get it back to uh, working order because of their goddamn update. So fuck you, Microsoft. But uh, I am hoping that they at least show me something I want to see during their little exhibit today at E3. But enough about that. Uh, fuck. Let's talk Resident Evil. So Resident Evil is uh, very loosely based off of the video games by Capcom. Uh, 
the first film, the first actual Resident Evil film, uh, was released March 15, 2002. Uh, the film originally was titled Resident Evil Ground Zero, but after 9-11 happened in 2001, uh, yeah, they decided, you know what, let's just go with Resident Evil, take the Ground Zero part out of that title, because, yeah, it wouldn't have gone over too well. Uh, the movie is directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, written by Paul W.S. Anderson, produced by Paul W.S. Anderson, oh, and Jeremy Bolt, and Bernd Einginger, 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 my German is fucking horrible, but I assume that's a, a German name. Uh, cinematography by David Johnson. <laughs> I was going to joke and say by David Johnson, but no, I, look, we all know my pronunciations are fucking shit. So, anyways, moving on. Music uh, done by Marilyn Manson and Marco Beltrami, which the uh, special features on the Blu-ray. Uh, I think they are actually on the DVD as well, but I pretty much uh, I, I watched the, some of the special features on the Blu-ray. Uh, the conversation uh, they have with Marilyn Manson and Marco about the uh, the music it's kind of interesting. It's kind of like one of those like worlds colliding kind of thing where like Marilyn Manson didn't really write sheet music. You know, he does things uh, very off the cuff, uh, you know, a lot of sound experimentation and whatnot, where Marco Beltrami is like your classical composer, does everything with sheet music and how like the, the two worlds kind of collided and whatnot. And it was very interesting to listen to. Um, so moving on to the starring cast, uh so it was interesting when I was doing this because there's certain things I didn't know going into this. Like, for instance, Mila Jovovich as Alice, uh, which, as I'll be going further through the uh, like the rundown and you know the the gore, the blood, and the fugly section, um, Alice is very much reminiscent of Alice in Wonderland, and there was a lot of. Um, comparisons between this Resident Evil and Alice in Wonderland. So it was interesting that her name was Alice. Uh, but what was even more interesting was the fact that originally Sarah Michelle Geller was set to be Alice. Uh, apparently that's who they were aiming for. And then Eric Mabius was, he played the character of Matt. And originally they wanted David Boreanaz for that role. So it's kind of interesting that they wanted Buffy and Angel to take, you know, two of the main roles in this. That would have been kind of weird and really would have changed the full dynamic of the uh, of the film, I feel. I, I think Mila Jovovich, uh, is, in my in my opinion, is probably the perfect person to play Alice in, in these films. Eric Mabius, I could do with, I could do without. Uh he's always been kind of a, an actor. I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't care for him. I didn't hate him. If you know what I mean? Uh, his, he did the crow salvation, if I remember correctly. And interestingly enough, I mean, none of those sequels to the original crow were any good. There are some people that would even argue that the first crow really isn't, you know, the crow because they didn't follow the comics per se and blah, 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 whatever. It's a great movie. Nonetheless, but I will say that the Crow Salvation I did enjoy. Uh, not obviously, it's like I say, it's not the Crow. It's not the original one. It's not Brandon Lee's Crow. But I do like it. So eh, I don't know. Uh, not so much for him. 
but whatever. It is what it is. Uh, Colin Salmon played in this film. Oh, by the way, I'm back to Resident Evil. Fuck the crow. Uh, well, the crow salvation. Never fuck the original crow because it's such a great movie. Anyways, I'm done whispering. Um, so back to the cast of Resident Evil. Colin Salmon was, uh, he's referred to as one, but apparently his actual name in the film was James Shade. Uh, that's one thing that was really interesting about this film is that, like, um, I believe Alice and uh, James Shade uh, and Dr. Birkin, I think, are the three that you never actually hear their name mentioned in the movie. Uh, so it was interesting finding out, like, who he played. Like, because when I was thinking about it, I'm like, who did Colin Salmon play? Um, if you're familiar with Colin Salmon at all, uh, you might know, you might have seen him on Doctor Who. He was in a few episodes from Doctor Who. Doctor Who. I always said Doctor Hugh, but no, Doctor Who. Uh, he was also Walter Steele on Arrow uh, during season one. And I think he had an appearance in season two. Uh, he hasn't been on the show since, which uh, I feel is kind of sort of a... a uh, what's the word? Like a lost opportunity. Uh, I always liked Colin Salmon on Arrow, but whatever is what it is. Uh, so the character of Kaplan in Resident Evil was played by Martin Cruz. Um, again, take him or leave him. A lot of these characters I found, I didn't really care for them, but I didn't hate them either. Like they're just kind of there. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez was Rain. Uh, I'll get a little bit more into that uh, further in the episode. Now, I think his name got me in my... I don't know how to pronounce this name. Uh, James Purifoy. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. It's not Purifoy or Purifoy. I think it's Purifoy. I'm hoping. Anyways, I'm an idiot. Who cares? We move on. He plays Spence uh, in this, who is like supposed to be like Alice's husband, so to speak. But she, they're not really married. It was all, uh, you know... Uh, Ah, uh, what's not a mirage? What's the word I'm thinking of? Like it was a, like a sham, you know, like a, I, 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 a fake identity, so to speak. Um, Michaela Dicker was the Red Queen. Uh, we we were supposed to have a White Queen in this film as well, and we didn't. Uh, that was something that was ixnayed out. I think I actually wrote that down in the notes later on. Uh, Jason Isaacs as Dr. Birkin, and he's the narrator in the film, like the narrator at the beginning, the whole, you know, well, I played it at the very beginning of this episode, like the whole bit about Umbrella Corporation and whatnot. That's Jason Isaacs, which you guys, a lot of you would know him as Lucius Malfoy from the Harry Potter films. And he's been in other stuff, but he's 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 Malfoy. Um, synopsis on the film. So it's basically this. A virus has escaped in a secret facility called the Hive, turning the staff into hungry zombies and releasing the mutated lab animals they were studying. The complex computer shuts down the base to prevent infection. The parent corporation, Umbrella, sends in an elite military unit where they meet Alice, who is suffering from amnesia due to exposure to nerve gas. The military team must shut down the computer and get out, fighting their way past zombies, mutants, and the computer itself before the virus escapes and infects the rest of the world, which we obviously see that later on. Um, and at that, Alice must come to terms with her slowly returning memories. 
And she's not the only one that has the returning memories, so does Spence and whatnot. But uh, I kind of like that about this film, that as her memories come back, that's kind of like telling more of the story and we're able to see it through her eyes. I really like that. The budget for the film was $33 million, and the worldwide gross on it was $62.3 million. So that's pretty cool. Uh, now getting to the Alice in Wonderland connections, because I did kind of mention that uh, when I was talking about the character of Alice. So the main character's name is Alice. Obviously, the computer is named the Red Queen. And the Red Queen needs to kill someone who is infected, so she tries to get someone else to chop off their head, the whole off with their head thing. And we actually do have a scene where that girl's like trying to climb out of the elevator, and all of a sudden, her head gets chopped off, so that's kind of cool. I mean, and technically, the Red Queen was behind that, so... Uh, there's a, an Alice in Wonderland paperweight that we see um, at one point. And there's also uh, what they were testing the T-virus on was a white rabbit, which that, you know, I've watched this movie a thousand times. Never caught that until I was doing my research on the uh, the movie. I was like, well, fuck. And all these years I've been watching this, never caught that. So to enter the hive, they have to go through a mirrored door, uh, you know, kind of like the through the looking glass, which I never caught that either. I was like, hmm, okay. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah. It actually uh, mentions about the medic in the laser hallway, uh, that she, uh, gets her head chopped off. And I, again, it doesn't mention about it, but the girl in the elevator, she loses her head as well. But yeah, the, the medic, when they're going through and those lasers are coming through and chopping when they chopped the one guy's, uh, all his fingers off his hand. That's pretty fucking cool. Uh, Kaplan worries about time. He's constantly worried about the time as the white rabbit does in the, um, in Alice in Wonderland. And I guess that was actually mentioned in the commentary. I yet, I have yet to actually listen to the commentary for this film, but I've heard it's somewhat interesting. So maybe one day I actually will sit down and listen to it. Uh, what else did I write down here? Matt is sitting on a ledge when rain and JD hear the first zombie, uh, so apparently that's a reference to the caterpillar. Okay. That one kind of, I never would have picked that one up, but whatever. So, but yeah, getting back to the whole comparisons between resident evil and, uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland. So apparently there was a scene that was cut out of the film where we're supposed to see that the reason why the military team was able to come into Uh, the hive and like, you know, through the mansion and whatnot is that the white queen, which is a counteractive computer program, apparently was able to shut down the defenses of the red queen so that they were able to enter in. But that was taken out of the film for whatever reason, probably due to time restrictions and whatnot. Uh, So I thought that was kind of interesting when I was reading about that. I'm like, oh, okay, because there really, I don't think there ever was a reference to a white queen in in the movie, at least not that I've ever caught. But anyways, moving on. So another uh, fact of trivia about Resident Evil, uh, and most horror fans know this, but I wanted to add it just because I want to sound smart. Um, George A. Romero, director of Night of the Living Dead, obviously, and, you know, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead and land of the dead and let's keep going was originally attached to write and direct the first resident evil film but he left the project in 1999 due to creative differences over the script 
And because of that, the project, you know, kind of sat in limbo for over a year before uh, Paul W.S. Anderson signed on to write and direct the movie. This is also the movie where he met his uh, soon-to-be future wife, Mila Jovovich. Um, Well, future wife then, because they've been married for years and have two kids now. So, but uh, I guess the interesting thing was that George A. Romero's uh, script actually had Jill Valentine as the female lead. And there are many people that were wondering, you know, had we gotten his script with this, like what this movie would have looked like. Uh, I'm sure Roger Ebert would probably uh, want to have seen George A. Romero's version because this uh, film is on his most hated list, which he can go fuck himself because I love this movie. Uh, Ratings going based on IMDb, which is kind of, you know, fan driven, obviously. 6.7 out of 10. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, For IMDb, not going to complain. Then we get to Rotten Tomatoes. And, you know, I've been saying for a while, Rotten Tomatoes, I I don't have a thing with them lately. But then I got to this movie and I was like, fuck you, Rotten Tomatoes. 34% rotten. Not very high. Metacritic, 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 not much higher. 33%. They're even lower. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, that's the thing with, like, you know, I, and I, I honestly believe that the problem with Resident Evil is because it didn't follow the the ideas and the horror aspect of the original game. Uh, had it followed the original game, I think it probably would have been received a lot better. I've... I'm more than familiar with the fact that when I love a certain property, whether it be a book, a video game, a cartoon, whatever, and I go and turn it into a live action movie, I'm getting something different. I've, I've grown used to this. It's nothing that shocks me these days. So I think that's why when I go into Resident Evil, I'm not expecting to see the video game recreated. I knew they weren't going to do that. Um, whether Capcom's behind it or not, it doesn't really fucking matter. Um, this is the way films are. Films are told differently. They they have different stories. They have different feels and aesthetics and whatnot. And so Resident Evil for me is no different. Um, I think that's why I love the movie so much. Uh, as much as if Resident Evil has proven anything, continuity means shit. We don't care. Uh, especially after the final chapter for Resident Evil came out and we found out that the Red Queen was, wait, Alice? That was, and I know I just spoiled the whole fucking thing for you, but no, like seriously, when, when I saw that in the movie for the final chapter, I was like, you mean all this time Alice was the actual red queen? Like what? Fuck you. But anyways, um, I don't know. I guess it's kind of a cool twist, but anyways, let's stick with the first film. Uh, So the gore, the blood, and the fugly section, this is my thoughts, my opinions, my points that I kind of, you know, like and dislike and whatnot. Uh, I I, I wrote down some stuff, but not a lot. Uh, It is what it is. I I like this movie, okay? So that said, um, I do love the look of the film. I like how it's very slick. It's very stylistic. It's very sleek. Um... It's a Paul W.S. Anderson film. Uh, 
you know, obviously everybody knows he, well, most people that follow the man's career know he, he, you know, he's done movies like Event Horizon and uh, uh, Event Horizon. God, I want to keep calling it Event Horizon. Like, and I do this even like, like not when I'm recording, like I always call it Event Horizon. Event Horizon uh, is very slick and sleek in its look as well. And so it, it's no shock that Resident Evil is is the same way. Uh, the music, I fucking love the music to this. The soundtrack, uh, actually, I owned before I did the movie. Um, and I have owned the movie on all three formats, VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. I still have the DVD and the Blu-ray. Sadly, I don't have my VHS, but oh well, it is what it is. You know, I posted this thing on my personal Facebook account this morning, actually, about how one of my, like, most people, when they hit into their 30s and 40s and 50s, their biggest regret is getting rid of the toys they grew up with. Uh, Some people, it's their books. For me, it's my VHS tapes. I had, like, a kick-ass collection of horror VHS, sci-fi VHS, and whatnot, and... I got rid of so much of it and I really like it burns me sometimes. I still have some of my favorites. I have Hellraiser 1, 2, and 3. I have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I have the full collection of the Freddy's Nightmares TV series. I have Prom Night. Like there's a lot of them that I have still that I'm very happy I still have. But, you know, there's some that it's like, oh, you fucking asshole. You should have kept that. But I, I. you know, I used to have Resident Evil, and uh, I watched it quite a bit when I first got it, especially. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm a typical male who, at the time this came out, I, yeah, I thought Mila Jovovich was hot. Um, you know, she was... I remember watching her all the way back when she started on Married with Children. Uh, and she was, I think, like 17 or 18 with long brown hair. And, you know, and then she was in Dazed and Confused, one of my favorite non-horror films. And I mean, like, I fucking love Dazed and Confused. That movie fucking rules. But, uh, you know, I, I've seen a lot of shit with her in it. Fifth Element is a great fucking movie. Ultraviolet, yeah, everyone hates it. I kind of like it. But <laughs> I don't know. It, it doesn't bother me any. Um, but, you know, I, I think she does a great job in Resident Evil. I think, and all the films, I think she's been really good. I think she's been, you know, one of the more solid parts to the Resident Evil films, despite the fact that, yeah, they don't follow the games. Um, I'm well aware of how much this differs from the games. I've, In terms of the games, I've played Resident Evil 1, like going way back. I have actually it uh, downloaded on my Xbox, but I haven't played it yet. Um, I played Resident Evil 1 like way back in the day and Resident Evil 2. I'm not a gamer. You guys know this. I've mentioned it many times before. It's kind of weird that I'm doing an E3-inspired month, and I'm not a gamer. But I enjoy, like, I enjoy the idea of video games. I'm just not coordinated enough to play them properly. I'm I'm surprised I can beat all the Arkham games. And even that, I still can't get all the goddamn Riddler trophies. But whatever. That's a story for another fucking day. But I'm not a gamer. I, I'm just, I'm not a gamer. It's just the way it is. But I do love a lot of movies that came from video games. And Resident Evil was one of those things. I have no problems with the fact that this doesn't follow the games. I like the story it tells. Even though, like I said, continuity, right out the fucking door. Um, 
so Michelle Rodriguez, who's basically, I guess, like the you know the second lead in this film. Uh, James Purefoy's character of uh, Spence would probably be the other, you know, the big character of the. <sighs> yeah, because actually he's he's more important to the story than Matt is, even though Matt's kind of important to the story. But getting back to Michelle Rodriguez, yes, she's good. She's a kick-ass fighter, but her dialogue and her delivery of her dialogue, not so good. Um and I know some people are fans of her from the Fast and the Furious uh, series of films. Again, I don't think she ne- necessarily gets cast for movies based on her acting abilities. I'm not saying she's a bad actress, but her delivery of her dialogue, I, I always find there's something that sounds off about it. I, I can't figure out what it is, but there's just something that sounds off. The opening to this movie I fucking love. I love that, like, the first 10 minutes, like, basically, you know, sets up the virus getting loose, you know, the whole fucking hive killing everybody, and then, you know, the military coming into uh, the mansion and meeting Alice for the first time. I feel like that first 10 to 20 minutes of the movie is just fucking kick ass. Like, it sets it up beautifully. Um, I love that as, you know, as Alice has her memory restoring we, the audience, are learning about the story of the movie. And I mentioned that earlier already. I love that. I, I like the fact that that's how they played it out. It was well thought out that, you know, we walk into this film and we have no clue what's going on. And the only way we're going to discover what the story is behind this this whole, you know, the virus and why it was released, who released it, and all this other shit is based on Alice's memory coming back. And I, I love the fact that, you know, I like that they did that. I thought it was really cool. The zombies look cool in this, but some of the CGI, uh, there's the one zombie where like he like turns around and we see his full face and he's missing half his head and stuff. It looks a little dated now. Some of the CGI is not as good. I mean, we've been spoiled with movies like Lord of the Rings and whatnot where like, you know, you can't tell like CGI from, you know, reality and whatnot. This, uh, the same with the liquors, the liquors, the, the, you know, the creatures with the long tongues and whatnot, they look cool. But again, the CGI, it does look a bit dated these days. Um, it's a fast paced, decent story, easy to follow along. Uh, basically if you go along with Alice's memory coming back, you'll understand the story. And I like that they did that. Uh, it makes it easy to, you know, follow along. And I mean, it's a zombie fucking movie. Like, really? No, it's not really horror. This movie is more a sci-fi, a sci-fi action flick. But I like what they've done with it. Uh, it is easily the best in the series of films. But there are a few characters that come in the later films that um, I find more uh, engaging Um basically Ada Wong. Uh, Bing Bing Lee plays Ada Wong. Uh, I want to say it was the fourth film. Probably wrong on that, but uh, I loved her. I, I think she's great. Jill Valentine uh, is uh, Sienna Gallery. I don't know. I'm butchering her last name, but she was really awesome. I liked her in these films and whatnot. Oded Fair uh, shows up and... Uh, different actors just jason isaacs and then there's um ian glenn who basically is playing the same character as jason isaacs um 
but like yeah some of the characters in the later films i find more easier to to like watching and stuff like that but uh this is in my opinion definitely one of the better video game to film adaptations to come out i give it a seven out of ten myself like i i like this movie i i i'm not gonna beat around the bush on it i like it i think it's a lot of fun and so it's a seven out of ten for me that's my stamp on it that's that's my stamp of approval um i'm done you know uh, i don't really have a whole lot more to say about this i'm not a gamer so i like the movie I know the gamers that are like diehard Resident Evil fans, not a big fan of this movie, not a big fan of the franchise. And I, I can understand that. You know, I know a lot of people like the animated movies that have come out. Um, I personally, I, yeah, Vendetta was okay. I think, uh, I think the other two were more my favorites. Vendetta wasn't bad though. It was still fucking good. The animated movies are are definitely good, but, but yeah, that's about it. That's all I have to say on that. Uh, and because I want to keep these episodes a bit shorter, you know, within an hour time span or whatever, uh, we're not going to do news headlines. I focused way, uh, way a lot. Uh, I focused a lot is what I'm trying to say on the trailers and seeing hereditary. So that's pretty much the headlines for the week. Uh, and films that I've watched in the past week, well, you know, I kind of talked about hereditary, so we're good there. I think it's just time to, you know, call it a day, move on, let let you go out with some great music, and that's that, because I've babbled enough. So, where to find the podcast in the realm of social media? Uh, obviously, nextlevelradioonline.com slash podcast zero. Go there, find my podcast, find other podcasts. Um, ben is uh, working very hard on... Uh, a project that he's uh let's just put it this way if you go on facebook uh find um a facebook page for an event called phenomicon and follow it because he is uh putting a lot of time and effort into it i think uh it's going to be uh something uh, pretty fantastic for him so and he's he's posting a lot about what's going on and stuff like that so it, it's definitely something worth following uh, if you want to contact me through email, what lurks behind podcast zero at gmail.com on Facebook, facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero, which by the way, I hit over a hundred followers. Thank you to all of you. You are a fucking special group. Instagram is probably where I've had some of the most, um, interaction from listeners and whatnot uh the facebook page is starting to generate some so that's good too but uh yeah instagram it's it's always good when i get feedback from instagram about you know episodes and whatnot even though i think some people are a little too nice about that suspiria episode but i don't know whatever is what it is and twitter at wlb podcast underscore zero uh twitter's cool i guess Twitter is good for like posting, like, you know, like retweeting, like bloody disgusting articles and whatnot. Uh, and it's nice that, you know, I have uh, 
a a follower on there by the name of David Howard Thornton, who uh, you guys all know as Art the Clown, which that's one cool thing. I don't know how many of you saw it, but on Instagram, uh, they were posting, uh, it's also on Facebook as well, posting about how Carrie King from Slayer got an Art the Clown birthday cake. That was pretty fucking cool. Uh, so, I mean, that's got to make those guys feel good. You know, Damian Leone and David Howard Thornton and, you know, anyone who's been involved with that Terrifier film, that's got to make them feel pretty good. You know, Carrie King of Slayer fucking likes you. So that's pretty cool. Um, and letterbox.com. I'm still writing uh, my reviews out and whatnot. I've got quite a few followers on there. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, com slash WLB underscore podcast zero. And on Redbubble, redbubble.com slash people slash podcast number zero. Go buy a t-shirt if you want. You don't have to. I don't make much money off of it, so don't worry about it. Uh, (laughs) But that's about it. Uh, Next week, uh, which is probably just going to be the end of this week, because I'm going to have time to do two episodes this week, uh, Silent Hill. I'm going to be doing Silent Hill, which I recently just added to my physical collection of movies. So I'm definitely going to crack into that Blu-ray and watch it in a nice big 1080p. But uh, I know some people are like, oh, I have 4K. Yeah, well, fuck you. I can't afford it. Um, I'm poor, okay? There's a reason why my podcast sounds like a poor man's podcast. But anyways, no. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening this week. We're going to go out with some Arch Enemy. I have been like completely hooked on that album for like the last couple days. And... I love the fact that their lead singer is Canadian. I think that's awesome. Go Canada, go. But uh, I don't know. I, I love I, I love the range she brings to it. She was a great successor to uh, Angela from the band. And uh, I've been fucking just hung up on this new CD. I know it came out last year, whatever. I've had it for a bit. But this past week, I was just like, I want Arch Enemy. And I've, I've been fucking playing the shit out of this album. So... I don't know, I'll be weird like that. Some bands will release an album, and it'll be like six months later is when I get hooked on it. And then there's some albums that come out, and I'm hooked the first day. So, Anyways, out with some Arch Enemy. Thank you for listening. And next episode, Silent Hill. Goodbye for now, everyone.